There are few things as divisive as Cheese Whiz. Some people really love it and others really hate it. Even in the course of researching this post, it was hard to find an article that wasn't about how terrible Cheese Whiz is and how bad it is for people. But that's not what this is about. This is about the history of Cheese Whiz. If you want to know just how bad it is for us, check out the Food and 5 Facebook page, uh, facebook.com forward slash food and 5, where I've shared a few of the articles I found. Otherwise, let's get going. I'm Chef Ben, this is Food and 5, and this is the brief history of Cheese Whiz. When most of us think of Cheese Whiz, we probably assume that it was the first of its kind, but it actually came from another invention. The precursor to Cheese Whiz was actually invented by two Swiss cheesemakers named Walter Gerbe and Fritz Stelter in 1911. They were simply trying to find a way to prolong the shelf life of their cheese. They did this by first sterilizing the cheese through heating it and then adding sodium citrate. Then in 1916, James L. Kraft patented his process for processed cheese, as it would come to be called. Kraft's process was pretty much identical to the Swiss process, though his patent left out the addition of sodium citrate. This was probably due to fear of someone stealing his process, which is what he likely did to the Swiss. Though he wasn't the first to invent the process, uh, his timing couldn't have been better. With World War I in full swing and looking for a way to give U.S. troops fighting in Europe a little morale boost, the U.S. Army ordered 6 million pounds of Kraft's processed cheese. This cheese was canned and added to the U.S. soldiers' rations and introduced a whole generation of young men to Kraft cheese. This processed cheese was shelf-stable and somewhat spreadable, but was still mostly cheese, not exactly cheese whiz. By 1950, this Kraft processed cheese had become Kraft Singles, and with a bit of alteration, cheese whiz two years after that. The creation of cheese whiz was actually born out of a desire to improve Kraft standing in the British market. The way to do this was via the Welsh rarebit. Now, for those of you that don't know what a Welsh rarebit is, let me explain. It is essentially a cheese and beer sauce served over or as a dipping sauce for toast. It's a common bar food that dates back a few hundred years. The sauce takes about a half hour to make and involves a lot of stirring. And so Kraft decided that the best way to break into the British market with his processed cheese was to make a quick version of the Welsh rarebit sauce, one that could be ready in a fraction of the time that it took to make the original. Kraft set his food scientists to task in 1951, and by late 1952, Kraft Cheese Whiz hit the shelves. It quickly gained popularity in Britain and in the U.S., and interestingly, at this point, Cheese Whiz still contained quite a bit of cheese. I don't know exactly how much, but cheese was listed as an ingredient. Then, sometime around the early 2000s, Kraft changed the recipe for Cheese Whiz, removing the cheese from the ingredients list. The company says that cheese is still one of the ingredients, but there is much less of it, and that they've uh, removed it from the list of ingredients and list the ingredients in cheese rather than cheese itself. They say that this is common practice in the modern food industry, though they have Worcestershire sauce listed as an ingredient. Uh, and why would you want to add to the already long list of ingredients? Beats the hell to me. I don't know, but that's what they say they did and why they did it. Whether you love it or hate it, I think it's fair to say that the history of Cheese Whiz is as interesting as it is boring. Just like Cheese Whiz itself. 
And there you have it. I'm Chef Ben. This is Food in Five, and this has been the brief history of Cheese Wheels. Of course, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Chef Ben Kelly. And on Facebook, we now have our very own Food in Five Facebook page, which you can follow at facebook.com forward slash food in five, where I will share all of the podcast episodes, any how to not burn shit uh, posts, and of course, articles and interesting things that I learned along the way in doing these episodes. Thank you, as always, for listening. I'll be back tomorrow with another fantastic episode of Food in Five. I hope that you have yourself a great Thursday. I'll talk to you soon. See you later.